0: Welcome to The Way Freedom Flies. I'm Anthony, I hope that you've all had a blessed week. Or, um, withstanding the crazy week, as it seems to always happen that way, but, you know, we are in this path. I mean, I was going through Genesis 47, and that crazy time with Pharaoh, and, uh, you know, the famine and everything else was happening. And in the end, right, Pharaoh kind of had everything And, you know, the tax was to 20% of your crop and all that aspect of it. And we're, you know, going through different aspects today, right? A different series of things. But at the same time, there is a multitude of headwinds that we have to work at to be able to bring back God into the fold. And, you know... I, I there is a debate tonight, I believe. Um, <laughs> I'm not watching it, as you can tell. I'm recording here, so I don't know what's really going on. But in the debate, but one thing I do and I did want to go through is just talk about kind of what's going on. We have a budget that we are um, trying to get through from the Senate and the House Republicans, or I, it's not really a budget spending it's a, what is it, short-term gap spending, whatever, right? They, they, they had an argument over the debt ceiling, <laughs> and now they need to spend, right? that That's not existent, right? The debt ceiling is not existent until 2025. We're just going to let that go to whatever crazy number that it can go to. And then, but we still need a spending bill. You know, this whole thing with Congress is absolutely uh, mind-boggling of how stupid it is. We have um, McCarthy going through and saying that You know, we need to be conservative about stuff, and this needs to be responsible, but we need to keep uh, spending more and more. Well, here's the thing, is that they should have passed a balanced budget completely a while ago, and, uh, you know, you would have had everything been forced on the Democrats, right, if Biden didn't want to sign it, and... go through that whole aspect of it, you right. You would have had the blame there. There was something done to avoid the shutdown. Fine, whatever. I think, you know, a shutdown isn't the worst thing possible. Why is... Why do we need to have everything that the government has expanded to to begin with, right? And I think everyone's like, we can't shut down the government. We can't shut down the government. Every single time the government shuts down, the world keeps turning around. It's not like the government um, is an integral part of all of our lives, something that we rely on and nor should it, Uh, but they think that they are more, they are greater than thou. And this is the irritation part that drives me up the wall. A lot of times is, you know, you have the, right the power of the purse which is in the house right the reason why they pass these budgets because you need a senate sign off and a president sign off isn't that you know the senate is needed for this right it isn't that the president is needed for this because they try to do a whole bunch of other laws right and you know when you have the spending powers in the house and the house doesn't recognize that you get something like this mess that's currently happening and our founders actually were pretty smart in how they did this, right? Because they had the power in the side of the house for spending because that was the closest level to the people. And this is why I've been actually um, mentioned multiple times to either, I think I did it on the podcast or other where, that we should actually increase the house of representatives, right? We're at 435 right now. It actually, should be increased, right? You know, the numbers throughout time have increased of how many people they represent. What 435 was based upon what about 50,000 people per, and we're much higher than that currently today. Um, was a 50,000 voters per, right? I would say, even if we went to 100,000, that would probably be okay. You know, it would be nice to stay at 50, but increase that, right? We have the means today to be able to do that with technology and everything else, to be able to facilitate that. Senators stay the same, right? Um, senators are per state, not per representative. But the reason why I think like that and why that would be helpful is that you get the power out of a um, concentration of X amount of people and you break it down into a smaller x amount of people and then that representative has more accountability to those people right and what i mean by that is as the representatives grow and grow right the people's voice is lost and lost more and more and they think that you know it's more of a party thing it seems like and we follow the party instead of what our representative state in that area and I think that there would be a bigger outcome here because a lot of people now are, why are we still sending money to Ukraine? Why haven't we, you know, focus on the southern border? And being it now, you know, even these liberal cities are starting to understand why we need a southern border, actually. It's surprising that we um, are finally getting there. And then what's most of all is, you know, is getting back to... You know, not selling out and giving away other people's future. You know, it's this stems from a lack of responsibility taught in us, right? If you were to go up to Congress members, Senate members, and ask them, hey, what is the. Um, what do you stand on? It's not, uh, it's not being a backbone of standing in values. It's standing however we get the most money in our pockets. And they don't have the value of, hey, when we take out a loan, let's pay it back. Let's do this, right? Um, there is the aspect that we need to look at, which is, you, you know, uh, with the student loan debt and where that has gone, there was a whole bunch of people wanting to get it forgiven instead of wanting to get a payback now we can have the conversation if you want about how how it should be able to be bankruptable all that other stuff fine i'm with you there in fact if you look listen to some other uh, podcasts i've done or you ever meet me in person bring it up on a talk but i will say it should be bankruptable i think that there needs to be a level of that if you're going to have bankrupt laws the way we do but I think another aspect of it is is that if you're going to take out the loan, you should pay it back. And this is the thing, is that you're paying it back in your lifetime or you're handing it off to your state, which then goes to your future generations, right? And that is what the American government has done on a much larger scale. And Congress seems to think that, and past presidents, both Republican and Democrat have said that instead of being balanced or even, and I get balanced, but really you can't be balanced. You have to be at such a deficit right now to get ahead of what is coming. Um, because let's say we, you got debt coming due next year, right? If interest rates stay the where they're at, let's say you're paying six, seven percent on, you know, on the debt when you have to, you know, re-up it here. And all of a sudden, what does that do? You're hitting into a really big snag here. And um, that's going to be a, you know, a huge uh, pitfall um, moving forward, right? So what you have to do is get ahead of this, which means you're going to, again, you have to get back to what's enumerated. Let's get to what's enumerated. Heck, we even had Foshi going to the CIA, like, not even writing in that he was being there all this other stuff why is he even there right you're paying for Foshi for things for him you know no longer he's retired he doesn't need anything in fact you know he made millions of dollars you know stealing you know patents and everything else working for the government everything else right that's people's money that's being put into a salary it probably should go back to the coffers of where it was because we paid that it wasn't on him right there there's that aspect right if you want to get down to nitty gritties of how that should be fine we can go there and have that discussion but where we're at today is that you know he's getting everything and the people are getting nothing they're getting you know uh ran over ransacked money sent out to other places you know, FTX was all a huge thing. Nobody, everyone seems to forget about that. And all these things are compounding and people are not paying attention. Now, I will do a 180 flip on this and people and I will say, people are paying more attention than ever. And you're going to say, what are you talking about? <laughs> are you crazy? Oh yeah, I could be crazy. But I think w- what I really mean by that is the mainstream is not paying attention. But... And this is a huge but because I I am seeing it more and more is that more people are waking up. More people are going towards godly realm and seeing what is going on. And more people are seeing that there is an outcome of what is able to be happening when you put God first. Right. A lot of this stuff is not going to make sense on the logical standpoint off the bat with just, hey, this is what's going to happen. They like to steal elections. All this other stuff. It's just going to work, right? A lot of that is not going to happen, right? Not going to make sense. But here's the one, huge button. All this, right? There's a God factor, and God is going to be going on and being in steps every part of the way, which is going to be a, which is a huge factor, right? And He's able to help us execute on a better level and move forward. And this is just one huge benefit. I am seeing just take a hold, you know, holding the lever. I'm seeing more people wanting to get into Bible studies, wanting to get plugged into where God's going and want to really move forward where you don't necessarily see that everywhere else or you see that even last year, we were starting to see, you know, some things of revival, some things happening here. But this is what really kind of starts moving forward, right? And I hope that this is, you know, going to move at a faster pace at some point, right? I think we all hope that. But we'll see as we come through and as we go to see when this actually is executed at a faster rate. But, you know, overall, I do think that God is working through many of us. And we have to acknowledge that right we have to acknowledge that um that god is here with us right god is the ultimate uh um fixer ultimate guider ultimate you know giving you abilities to do something that you didn't think were possible And to leave him out or to think that you are more capable than what he is, I think is a major disservice first and foremost to yourself and to what God and to God. But I think as well is that, you know, if you were to put him first, it's a major um, increase in what your gifts are and into what God can guide you to do. Right. He gives us an amazing ability each and every day. So hopefully that, you know, we can kind of take that and do that. And that's what should have been done with a lot of these, you know, uh a lot of these, you know, budget talks and everything else is that we are guiding on trying to make everything be the status quo. Instead, we should be trying to make everything be right and hopefully that there is an ability to move forth through and have this there because i would uh, um, i would fully stand up for you know in congress if i was in there right senator house wherever it is right and stand up for what is right what is godly because that's what the constitution is actually based on and it's for our God-given rights of what where we are. And I think that is something we need to seriously take into consideration. And to have that power behind us. You know, we, we're off spending willy-nilly on everything. We're not taking care of our own self. You know, it's, it's like somebody that has cancer. And instead of going through treatment, trying to focus on getting rid of the cancer, they decided to inject themselves with, you know, another type of cancer or something that accelerates the cancer. And they said, this is the path that we need to go down is just keep injecting yourselves with more of the cancer because that's how this is all gonna be solved. Instead, we're turning away from how to solve something, how to get something balanced And then um, move down the right direction. I I don't think that we should be afraid to do the right thing. I don't think that we should be afraid to have a balanced budget. I don't think that we should be afraid to do the right thing each and every time. You know, to walk out and follow what should be there, to step on a limb. Because I, I think in those instances, right, as much as there may be a worldly pushback, Um, but is God going to stand by your side if you are going to follow the world? Or is God going to stand by your side if you're going to follow the godly thing? And I think that over time, if you stand up in the face of adversity, if you stand up in the face of what is wrong, you will get to where people will stand with you based upon what you do is what is right, right? you stand up to the evilness or do you follow the evilness? Do you capitulate to the evilness? Do you do whatever the evilness wants you to do? And this is just one of those things that I keep seeing over and over. And it's hard to wrap my head around everything going on all the time. Um, When I'm looking at the the way they way a lot of these elected officials are just willing to lay down and do whatever is earthly whatever tries to make sense you know whether there's for votes or whatever else because when i go back and look at it and i'm thinking and i'm trying to wrap my head around it i go but if i get that you may not have been popular i get you may not have been You know, the instant revelation, instant gratification, the popular one that everyone sings their praise for, for getting something done right away. But you would have did the right thing. And, you know, I I try to keep myself grounded. And maybe that's why I have a hard time wrapping my head around when people decide just to do the earthly thing all the time, or, or the evil thing, or the not completely right thing um you know and when they don't i uh, now i do understand i do get you progressively moving in the right direction that is a good thing to do right moving in the right direction is better is a very good thing to do making it a stepping stone but you know what i'm more focused on is that you just continue where you're doing continue to ignore let's say the people of the southern border Continue to ignore that there's a problem where there's more illegals now that have come in than, you know, population of, you know, 15 different states, right? Uh, Not together, right? Each of those states' population versus what comes in. And then, you know, you look at the Constitution, right? And a lot of people have said, right, it's hard to charge an impeachment or treason based upon, you know, whatever it is, right? Treason is overused um i would say traitor it should be used more often right you can be a traitor or something it might not be treason; treasonous might be seditious or something else breaking the law but um a traitor would be like right a lot of these but i think there are certain things that and you know treason is hard to charge for too but i i do think that at some point we have to go down that path we have to look at serious considerations i would uh you know when we go down through, and we see this right, people people will say, well, I don't want to bring this up because I don't want to set precedent that we will have, you know, then some another lawmaker or somebody else bring it up at a different time and then use this law against me, right, or somebody else because of something else. And while that makes sense on the surface. My question is, is, is somebody, somebody, you know, breaks the constitution, breaks a, you know, does a major violation in activity, whatever that law is, because you don't want to accept the other side because now you're in this party play. You're playing party politics, right? Instead of playing uh, just here's the law and here's good versus evil, right? That sort of thing what happens here's the thing i don't want to do that so now you've okayed doing something wrong you have okayed the side effects of hey this is what is going wrong and we don't want to make the other side upset or the other side want to go after us because um so we're not going to look in and we're going to turn a blind eye to what you do so what you have you just done You've just okayed the wrongdoing. So are you complicit in that wrongdoing? That's that's one question I have. But then also, because you didn't want to start and play party politics or whatever else you want to call it, you've created a thing of saying, because I don't want to do this, we can just continue to do it. And let's say you were to run on a, you know, I am law and order. You can't say that anymore, right? can't say that you've just you're just giving that up to somebody to to because we can't set a precedent to that well the precedent now that you have set is it's okay to break the law it's okay to do something wrong when you don't hold people accountable for their actions they will continue to do what they've always done In fact, it makes it even harder when you don't hold those people that break the actions in blatant um, vision of somebody else or blatant openness because then the smaller crimes get harder to prosecute because then people say you didn't prosecute them. That's where we kind of are. There's a lot of looting going on in Philadelphia and everything else. We see this a lot of times. We see, you know, ransacking stores we got cvs closing 10 percent of their stores now by the end of next year 900 stores i think target is closing more stores because of theft they keep mentioning theft walmart's closing in areas because of theft and i'm seeing more and more store employees fight back customers fight back why because they know that if they don't do something the police aren't going to do anything the government there is not going to do anything it's a shame Gutless police, gutless governments. It's a shame, but they also know that if they don't do something, guess what's going to happen? They're going to lose out on that store, and then they're going to have to go in the different neighborhood. And if the same thing happens in that neighborhood, they could be driving away's where it was just right in their neighborhood before, and it's a shame. It's a shame, right? I I remember watching a video of a of a lady crying in there because she just wanted to get food for her, her kids and the whole store was just th- everything thrown on the floor. It's a shame. But people don't aren't thinking. People are being emotional about it. We're we're becoming increasingly more emotional in our actions and not logical, which drives me up the wall if you ever meet me, you'll, <laughs> you'll understand why I'm an extremely logical person. Um, <laughs> my wife probably says I'm too logical, but it, it it is how I am, how God built me. I don't know why, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is what I am. So, uh, you go through that and you're just like, this doesn't make any sense to me, right? Because I, I look at it, you're, you're ransacking a place, it's going to leave, and then because they're not going to make any money, and they're going to move on. And, you know, that, that doesn't cross their mind, and it's emotional response to what is happening around them. And we're, we're seeing this more and more, just, you know, I feel this way, you know, I feel whatever way it is, right? Um, I wanted to go into marriage, but, I don't have enough time to get into that today. <laughs> um, there is a, you know, understanding is, you know, I feel for these people, but the, the the problem with laws and everything else is that you can't have feeling involved, right? And I want to touch on the Trump thing here with uh, the potential fraud in New York City of how that all went down. The synopsis is, is that, uh, and then I want to touch on one other thing, hopefully I have enough time. Um, but the, the Trump thing where they said market was only valued, it should only be valued to what, 18 to 27 million, which if that's the case, you know, I hope Trump sells and I will help scrape enough money together with some friends you know, if we can hopefully get it to, to be able to have a, I doubt he'd, he'd ever sell it. Um, it's cause it's worth way more than that. What somebody um priced it out between uh, different val evaluators now came out between three hundred fifty million to seven hundred fifty million, depending. Like the lot right next to or close to Margo Lago, um, is go up just a vacant lot is two hundred million. So there, but this judge has gone through because of the fraud. They want in the next ten days. New York will seize all the licenses for Trump LLCs and related entities and then seize all the buildings as well unless they have an independent arbiter or whatever else, take custody of everything and go from there. It's You're having the politicalization of this. Now, if you want to go through and look at fraud, you could definitely do that, right? There's a lot of office spaces in New York that aren't the size that say they are, which is fraud, right? But, um, this is, this is more of a political leaning because I don't think they're going to do anything else with all that other real estate there. So there's that side of it. So this is, you know, this is, we're starting to get there. Hopefully the appeal appellate courts will, um, take a reasonable look at this and stop this because this is just, if this is going to happen, you're going to see an escalation very quickly of trying to get people out of politics based upon the seizure of assets. That's what's going to happen of LLCs and everything else. The governments are going to want to try that. Now, the one reason why, especially if you're in a city with these assets, is that they want it because they're running out of room. Uh, By room, I mean, you know, in New York with uh, uh, um, illegal immigrants. Illegal, right? They They should be, you know, put back on the other side of the fence. They're illegal you come in legally it's a different story right um and, uh, you know i would even have, if you came in legally i would even help you try to get your citizenship that's just the way i see it um you decided to go through the proper channels and you decided to do it the correct way i think you should be if you want to stay here and get your citizenship i think you should be rewarded that way but that's the way i kind of see it i think if you come here illegally you need to be um escorted back to the other side um, and Mexico can, or wherever else, can deal with you there. We're, our responsibility is our border, and that's where it starts and ends, in my opinion. So, um, here we have one more thing, since we're already on the topic. It's the U.S. Constitution, Article 4, Section 4, the Guarantee Clause. I don't know how familiar everybody is about it, but... We should read it because I think it's an important one. We always think that immigration is actually a law. I, th- I think a lot of people do. But I think they forget the Guarantee Clause. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form, a government, and shall protect each of them against invasion. What is an invasion? An invasion is... Somebody crossing the border. That is an invasion. It's an illegal invasion. A legal immigrant invasion. Right? We actually really do need to cite Article 4 and Section 4 because it's important. It's... This isn't because of policy. It isn't ideology. It is actually the Constitution of what this is the government shall protect each of them against invasion should protect each of the states against invasion that's what it means there is a lot out there that you argue one way or another but this is the guarantee clause this is constitution I get that a lot of people out there say, well, they've been throwing around the Constitution and ripping it up to shreds all, every chance they get. I agree. There's a lot of it that they decided to turn their backs to, decided to say, hey, we can circumvent this with statute or law or whatever else. You can't. You You can change it with amendments. But even then, right, there are kind of untouchables, right? The Bill of Rights are kind of untouchables because... They were the only way that you could get the states to even sign the Constitution to be part of a union here. That's why they're the Bill of Rights. Um, they you know, th- we should go through a number of powers. We should actually go through a lot with this. I mean, Chris Ann Hall has done a good job of trying to teach the Constitution and everything else. I think that these are, you know, good things to review. I mean, I'd, I like to read through this stuff a lot. Um... And we should pay attention to it, and we should remember it. What's wrong with citing this as or reading through it and citing it as much as you know the First and Second Amendments, the Fourth Amendments, Fifth Amendments, Tenth Amendment, right? Okay, Sixth Amendments. We could go through all of them: three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right? All good ones. All important. All needed. We shouldn't forget things that are in there. But when things, when people specifically are ignoring an Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, the Guarantee Clause, that's uh, breaking the Constitution. What is that penalty? With that, I want to thank you so much for listening to The Way Freedom Flies. I really do appreciate everyone out there listening and supporting this podcast. And... I'm praying for everyone out there, and until next time, God bless.